welcome to Your Anxious Therapist, where you'll find all things related to anxiety, panic attacks, and health anxiety. I'm your host, Haley, and I'll be sharing my own insights and experiences as someone who has personally struggled with anxiety. I'll be real and honest, taking you deep into the nitty gritty parts of anxiety that just aren't talked about enough, because I want you to know that you're not alone in this. I'll also be sharing powerful tools, strategies, and tips that will empower you to take your life back so that you can overcome your anxiety for good. Now let's get started. All right, so today's episode, I'm going to be talking about reassurance seeking. So I'll talk about what it looks like and why this can become a really bad habit to get stuck in. And I'll also talk about what you can start to do to work on this. So reassurance seeking can happen in so many different situations, whether you have generalized anxiety, social anxiety, health anxiety, OCD, panic disorder, you get the idea. It can come up often in relationships, like asking your partner for constant reassurance that they love you and that they're not going to leave you. It can come up in your friendships, like always asking someone for reassurance that they're not mad at you. So as you can see, reassurance seeking happens in so many different areas of your life. But for today, I really wanted to focus mostly on reassurance seeking as it relates to health anxiety. Reassurance seeking is the act of trying to continuously gather information that has already been given to you in order to decrease your anxiety and your uncertainty and your doubt about it. When it comes to health anxiety, you're typically asking somebody to give you reassurance that you're okay. For example, you might ask a loved one for reassurance. So you might say things like, is this symptom normal? Am I okay? Are you sure? Are you sure nothing bad is going to happen to me? But what if it's not okay? What if something really bad happens? What should I do? What do you think this means? Should I call my doctor? Should I go to the hospital? Can you just tell me what to do? And the list goes on and on. You could be getting reassurance from a spouse or a partner, a sibling, your friend, or your parent. You ask this person for reassurance about things like your bodily symptoms and sensations, or you might ask them for reassurance about a story you just read or heard about somebody getting an illness or disease, and you're wanting confirmation that you also won't get it too. You also might ask them for reassurance that a symptom is normal, or you might ask them whether they've ever experienced it before. In the short term, you might feel some sense of relief when you ask for reassurance and they tell you that you're going to be okay and that everything is fine and nothing bad is going to happen to you. It provides you with a sense of comfort and relief. So there's a reason why we ask for reassurance because we are getting some sort of benefit from it and that's why we keep doing it and why we keep coming back to it over and over again. But the issue with reassurance seeking is that it only provides you with temporary relief. So the relief that you do feel is really short-lived. It could be just a few minutes or even a few hours until you're right back to asking for reassurance all over again. Or maybe you feel relief until the next time you experience a bodily symptom or a sensation 
Or maybe you feel relief until the next time you're scrolling on Instagram and TikTok and you see a story on there about somebody getting cancer. So you get caught in this perpetuating cycle of needing reassurance and wanting reassurance so badly because you just don't know how to feel okay otherwise. So ultimately, your anxiety gets worse in the long run. I've heard people say this so many times before that they feel like they need it and that they have to have it. They have to ask for reassurance. And when somebody says something like that, it signals to me that this is a compulsion and that it has turned into a compulsive behavior because you feel so much anxiety and so much distress if you don't do it. And it's become excessive and repetitive. So what that means is that it's not like you're asking for reassurance every once in a blue moon. You're doing it excessively. Some amount of reassurance is completely normal. Everybody will ask for reassurance at some point in their life. This is just a natural human thing that we all do at one time or another. But the issue is when this becomes excessive and repetitive. Because the truth is, reassurance seeking is a trap. The real problem here is that you're having a really hard time tolerating any amount of doubt and uncertainty. And reassurance provides you with this safety blanket. It provides you with this layer of protection to shield you from the anxiety and from the fear and the uncertainty and the doubt that you're feeling in that moment. But this is what keeps you trapped in the cycle of anxiety because no amount of reassurance fills that void of uncertainty and doubt that your health anxiety keeps creating for you. Reassurance seeking can also happen not just with our loved ones and asking them tons of questions, but with our doctors. So if you have health anxiety, you might constantly ask your doctor for reassurance and you call them all the time for every minor thing that happens to you or for every bodily sensation that you experience. You'll get blood work back and your test results back. And even if it says everything is completely fine, you still might overanalyze it and call your doctor to ask them for reassurance. So you might ask them, are you sure that this is normal? Are you sure that this number is within normal range? What if it's not? What does this mean exactly? So it gets kind of tricky because there is a huge difference between getting reassurance versus getting assurance. Getting assurance about something means that you're gathering information, you're trying to get clarity about something that you don't fully understand. So you basically just want more information so that you can be well informed. But reassurance is different because reassurance is repetitive and excessive. So for example, you might be asking the same question over and over again to your doctor or with your loved ones. You might also have heard this answer before, right? But you still feel the need to ask the question over and over and over again, just to be told that you're okay. You might also get reassurance from Googling your symptoms, and this is another form of reassurance seeking. So instead of asking someone for reassurance, you're getting reassurance from a website online. So if you're trying to figure out whether it's reassurance seeking or not, you want to ask yourself this, am I just trying to gather information so that I can be well informed and better understand what's going on? Or am I just constantly asking the same questions over and over again? 
Am I just obsessing about this and ruminating about it until I get some answers? Do I have a sense of urgency about this? So these are important questions to ask yourself. And I know, again, I know this can feel really tricky sometimes because of course you want to be told that you're okay and that everything is going to be okay. This is natural to want this. So don't beat yourself up about it if this is something that you do. And I think especially in these moments, you want to really acknowledge the part of you that wants this reassurance, right? So if you're wanting that reassurance, it's coming from a part of you that feels really scared. You feel really scared. You feel really uncertain. You don't know what to do. And you really, really just want to be told that you're going to be okay. And trust me, I was the queen at asking for reassurance, or at least it felt like that to me now that I'm looking back at it. And it's interesting because there are still random times where I'll ask my husband for reassurance, but it's very few and far between compared to what it was like before. So if you're trying to work on not asking for reassurance, don't worry about being perfect at it. Don't worry about being perfect at not asking for reassurance ever again because like I said, it's completely normal and human to ask for reassurance every once in a while. Everybody does this whether they struggle with anxiety or not. But you really just want to get honest with yourself and figure out if this is something that has become a repetitive and excessive pattern and a compulsion because There is a huge difference between the two things, you know, reassurance seeking versus getting assurance about something. But like I said, try to acknowledge that part of you that feels really scared in that moment because that's what's happening. You feel really scared. And so that's why you're trying to ask for reassurance because it feels really good to be told that you're going to be okay. So try not to beat yourself up if this is something you're struggling with. So something else that I see happen a lot is that reassurance seeking happens in online support groups and even on Instagram and TikTok. This is something that you may or may not realize, but a lot of times people will go onto Reddit forums about anxiety or they'll go into Facebook support groups for anxiety or even comment on Instagram posts and ask other people for reassurance. Depending on where you're at in your journey with anxiety, maybe you don't fully understand what's going on. And so you're trying to get a better understanding of yourself or your anxiety symptoms. But sometimes people will ask for reassurance about the same symptoms or bodily sensations and they'll make comments on Instagram posts or they'll write in Reddit groups or Facebook groups and they'll ask other people, do you ever get this symptom? Does anyone else get this symptom? Who else gets these symptoms? And they'll ask the same question over and over and over again. And if you're listening to this, this may or may not be something that you do or that you find yourself doing. And there's absolutely no shame in this. It's really just something that can be important for you to be aware of if you're trying to recover from your health anxiety because you want to try to figure out if this has become a compulsive behavior and if you're just asking for reassurance about the same symptoms that you've already gotten reassurance about before. And on one hand, you might ask about your symptoms to other people because you really want to feel like you're not alone and what you're experiencing you're experiencing bizarre symptoms. So you're really just trying to understand if this is normal to happen with anxiety. 
So again, I just want to repeat myself that this is something to just be aware of because unfortunately, sometimes people can fall into this pattern and this trap of repeatedly asking people online about their symptoms or asking about symptoms of different illnesses and diseases, but doing this isn't going to help you recover from your anxiety. Here's the thing that you want to understand. It is never going to feel like you're getting enough reassurance because you keep needing to get more and more and more of it. And this is a question for you to think about. If getting reassurance really worked and it really solved all of my problems and it made me feel completely better, then why would I need to keep getting more of it? Do you see where I'm going with this? Nothing is ever going to be good enough for your health anxiety. No amount of reassurance is going to make you feel better. And this is the harsh reality that we're up against and that we really have to face head on. Your doctor could tell you over and over and over again that you're okay. And you can get every single test done in the book and every test that you can possibly think of. But it wouldn't feel good enough for your anxiety. Your husband could tell you over and over again that you're okay and that you're going to be fine and that nothing bad is going to happen, but you're never going to fully believe him. You can go onto Google and look up every single article on there, but you're never going to believe those articles that say your symptoms are normal or that you don't have some sort of deadly illness or disease. Your mind is only going to focus on the other articles that say otherwise. And you know why? It's because of doubt. All the doubt comes creeping right back in after the initial wave of relief is gone. You can get all the reassurance in the world from every single person that you come into contact with and every single person that you talk with. But the moment you experience another bodily symptom or sensation or the moment you get another intrusive thought about your health, or the moment that you see another story about somebody getting cancer, then you go right back to needing reassurance all over again. And this is why you need to work on gradually letting go of reassurance because this is what's keeping you stuck in the cycle of anxiety and this is what's preventing you from recovering from it. So you really want to tell yourself this because nothing is ever going to be good enough. No amount of reassurance is going to feel sufficient enough. It's never going to fill that void because you keep needing more and more and more of it. If you continue to get into those Facebook support groups for anxiety or you hop into the Instagram comments to ask what other people's symptoms are with their anxiety or you're just asking people for reassurance, then this is what is perpetuating the cycle. And I really want you to get out of this cycle. If you're listening to this right now, that shows me that you really, really want to recover from your anxiety. But in order to recover from your anxiety, you have to do really hard things, which means letting go of some of these habits that are no longer serving you and that are no longer helping you to heal from this. Something else I want you to think about and ask yourself is this, how can I ever trust myself again if I keep relying on other people to give me reassurance? How am I ever going to be able to trust myself if I keep putting all of my trust into other people to tell me that I'm okay? How are they going to know that I'm actually okay? How are they really going to know? And how am I going to trust that if I can't even trust myself? 
Learning to trust yourself again means letting go of reassurance and trying to reduce the amount of times that you ask for reassurance. So now let's get into some tips on what you can start to do. You can ask your partner or your husband or your wife or whoever it is that you typically get reassurance from and ask them to get on board and help you with this if they can. And you can start by just delaying asking the question that you're about to ask them. Maybe it means that you're pausing and you're waiting a few moments before you ask them that question that you've probably already asked them a lot of times before. It can mean leaving the room once that urge starts to come up, that urge that you really, really, really want to ask them the question and you just leave the room once that happens. It could mean you set a timer for how long that you'll wait before asking the question and asking them for reassurance. So maybe you set a timer on your phone or your Fitbit or your Apple Watch for five minutes and you say, okay, let me just wait five minutes before asking them this question. And I know that all of these things can feel really hard to do. I always say that this is going to feel like an itch you can't scratch. You have this strong sense of urgency to ask those questions and you're trying really hard to hold yourself back. So another thing that you can do is write down your most frequently asked questions, especially in the beginning when you're first starting out with this, because you really want to get a better idea of the types of questions that you typically ask other people when you're trying to get reassurance. And what you can do is you can keep a log of these frequently asked questions and even your frequently uh, asked questions and about your symptoms, let's just say, for example. So that way it can give you a baseline and not just keeping a list of your frequently asked questions, but also you want to keep a log of the answers that you've been told before or the outcome that happened the last time that you asked for reassurance about it. So for example... If you've experienced skipped heartbeats before, you may have asked your husband or your wife this question, is something wrong with my heart? So what I want you to do is write that question down. And then what was the answer or what was the outcome that resulted from that question being asked? Is it that your doctor told you that these symptoms aren't dangerous and that it's totally normal for it to happen from time to time? Or is the outcome of the situation that this symptom happened, you know, the skipped heartbeats, it happened one or two times in a row, and then it went away. So you want to be able to sort of reality check yourself during those anxious moments, right before you start to spiral down that rabbit hole. And one way you can do that is by looking at these frequently asked questions so that you can remind yourself hey, I totally asked this question before and this was the result. This was the outcome. This is what happened at that last time that it happened, right? And most importantly, you really want to work on getting better at tolerating uncertainty, which means that you try to practice sitting in these moments of discomfort and resisting the compulsion to ask the questions. It means acknowledging your fears as they come up and you're allowing them to be there, and you're trying to ride that wave of emotions. And I know you might be thinking that, Haley, no way. (laughs) This is impossible for me to do. How can you tell me not to do this? This feels impossible. 
but please trust me, it is possible. It just takes lots of practice. You just really want to focus on reducing the amount of times that you're currently asking for reassurance. Just start there. Just start with the smallest step of just reducing the amount of times that you're asking, delaying asking for reassurance, and then see what happens. When it comes to reassurance seeking, remember to ask yourself these questions. Am I asking this question with a sense of urgency? Am I asking for reassurance in an attempt to avoid or reduce my fear or my anxiety or my discomfort? All right, well, thank you so much for listening in to this episode and for tuning in today. I really hope that you enjoyed it. And as always, if you have the chance, please leave a positive rating. And if you can, write a review on Apple Podcasts because this is what helps get my podcast out there so that I can reach and help support more people on this platform who struggle with anxiety. All right, I'll see you next time.